MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in. It is the final hour of the program, the VSIN Bet Center. I'm Brady Cannon, live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Dan Leach is along via Detroit, Michigan, rooting on his Wolverines in every which way. On the golf course, on the basketball court, Jordan Poole, your selection for a possible NBA Finals MVP award at 20 to 1, not too shabby. You were also touting the New York Rangers to even up this series and force a game seven, and they are well on their way. They have a 2-0 lead after one, in, uh, after one period at Madison Square Garden. 2-0 in favor of the Rangers over the Carolina Hurricanes. They are minus 700 on the money line in the live market. And, Dan, now your total. It closed at 5.5, heavily juiced to the under at minus 145. But in the live market, we're back down to 5.5. The Rangers had those two early goals in the first 10 minutes, and the total spiked up to 6.5. Now back down to five and a half. The over does have some juice on it at minus 125. Let's take a look at the current scoreboard in Major League Baseball. We talked about the Los Angeles Dodgers finding a spot when they get down by a run or something like that early in the ballgame. Well, they did. They trailed the Arizona Diamondbacks two to one. You could have gotten them at even money. Not anymore. They are up three to two in the bottom of the fifth inning, and they are minus 275 now in the live market. Prior to first pitch, they went off as about about minus 190 favorites. Arizona currently batting in the bottom of the fifth and trailing three to two. The Chicago Cubs lead the White Sox three to one. The New York Mets have taken back the lead from the Philadelphia Phillies now four to two in the bottom of the fifth inning there at City Field. The Colorado Rockies, they finish it off and split the doubleheader with the Washington Nationals. We can celebrate that one, Mr. Leach. You and I yes, both on the rocks. Fade Mr. Adon, and that works as he, uh, I don't know if he uh, figured in the decision in that one, but he was 1-8 and eight on the season coming in facing Chad Cool, and the Colorado Rockies get a split there of the doubleheader, winning that Easy one. Easy body. Yeah, not not too tough anyway. It was a little bit of a sweat at 3 to 2, but we will take it. They all count the same. 3 to 2 the final there, Colorado over Washington. Boston looks like they're getting ready to finish off the or excuse me, Baltimore getting ready to finish off the Red Sox 4 to 1 in the top of the ninth inning. Boston will still have one more chance there at Fenway Park. The Cubs lead the White Sox 3 to 1. Toronto and the Angels getting underway just after the top of the next hour, 707 Pacific, 107 7 Eastern time and that's the game I want to talk about we've got three more games left for your baseball card on Saturday and the next one coming up will be those Toronto Blue Jays in Los Angeles to take on the Angels this game opened up as a pick minus 110 
Either way, you say Kikuchi will take on Michael Lorenzen. Your total here at eight and a half. The Angels, Dan, they have dropped three in a row and seven of their last ten. This is a team that has been playing really good baseball and all of a sudden in a funk right now. They've dropped down to now two and a half games behind the Houston Astros in the American League West division. And just the opposite for the Toronto Blue Jays, who have been red hot. They've won three in a row and seven of their last ten in the win column as well. They're five games above 500, and they're just half game back of the Tampa Bay Rays, who are in second place in the American League East division. Now, the current line has moved to the Angels' side. Now at minus 118 is your consensus price. Your total still at eight and a half. Are you involved here, Mr. Leach? I, I'm not, but I'm really tempted, Brady. I'm thinking about being in a bet on the Blue Jays here. I, I said this earlier, and I can't say it enough. I say that on my Detroit CityCast. Don't just bet to bet, but we're having a good day. I also need you to keep the runs off the board in that Cubs game because I, I gave out the under on that game earlier. So we're, we're sitting pretty right now, but still some innings to go. But I, there's just something you mentioned. You gave all the numbers there that make me feel good about the Blue Jays. Kikuchi's been solid, 2-1 two to, two and one on the season, a 3-4-7 ERA. We've had a lot of pretty good pitching matchups with both uh, you know starters and in a lot of the games we talked about uh, as we've been on air, you know, ERA is under four and some of them obviously under two. And to me, I just think the Blue Jays, the Angels are so inconsistent right now. I know they're at home. The weather's not anything crazy. 67 degrees out there in Los Angeles and partly cloudy. So it's not like it's a really hot day that could affect a team like Toronto that's not used to that weather right now. So to me, I, I have not made the play yet, but I'm getting close to doing it maybe before we get off air here. And I would take the Blue Jays plus the uh, the 115 or so or the 108, uh, you know, between 108 and 115 you can get right now. That's where I'm at with this game. But it's not like a strong play by any uh, way, shape or form. But something's telling me the Blue Jays are the play tonight. Well, to add to your case, Shohei Otani currently listed as questionable for the Angels. Maybe he won't get the start. Maybe you see him late in the game as a possible DH off the bench, that type of thing. Um, I will tell you, I am on the opposite side. I have really uh -oh, enjoyed it's our first dis first disappearance. Did did, <laughs> did don't hit submit yet? Did you already submit? <laughs> I did submit it yet. <laughs> well, I have really enjoyed uh, some success betting on Michael Lorenzen. This guy has been really good uh, pitching for. For the Los Angeles Angels, I think it's his last two starts that I've been on him, uh, both victorious. And I, I have just been, you know, in, in love with the way this guy is pitching for the Angels. And, you know, he's able to kind of keep uh, enough runs off the board from the opposition and let this Angels offense do the rest. And they have had such success. Now, it gives me a, a little hesitation with the funk that they've been in that I spelled out, having lost seven of their last 10. But they, they just got off to such a good start. I mean, it's really, this has been kind of the first tailspin that they've experienced all season long. I, I think they just have to be at a point now where they're due for a victory, and they've had such success under Lorenzen. He's 5-2 and two on the year. The team also has got to have some confidence seeing him on the hill as well, I would imagine. No, not only that, and I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Lorenz's numbers. I mean, five and two with the three oh five ERA. He's almost about to get under three. And I know we're on up. We're not on opposite sides yet on this game, but you know that's the one thing that does concern me. Even though there's just that feeling, the Blue Jays are the 
you know, the value play tonight, getting the positive money with the Angels' struggles. Lorenzen can change that in a hurry. You mentioned the last two starts, he's been brilliant. Uh, you're not laying a ton of money on the Angels. So, like I said, this is not like a, any kind of a big play for me if I if I take the Blue Jays, but I think you might be the smarter guy. It's our first disagreement. We've won everything else we've taken so far. And, you know, geniuses can't always be held down and, and, and be the same. Uh, but, yeah, this I, I get all the reasons you're taking the Angels in this one. Well, I tell you what, we, uh, we're not looking so smart, at least currently, on our bet on the Philadelphia Phillies. No. The New York Mets have extended their lead now 6-2, to two, uh, still batting in the bottom of the fifth inning there in Queens, a four-run Let's bet Philly live, plus like 500 or whatever. Well, it's better than that. It's about plus 1,200. <laughs> and we know these teams have had a history this season of having some absolutely crazy finishes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you could do you could do dumber things, I think, than uh, go. I mean, they're only halfway through the game. Uh, we've seen crazier things happen. I, I don't think taking plus 200 with the Phillies is all that out of line. I'm not going to do it. I'm already obviously invested in Philadelphia, but uh, we will see. Let's talk about some totals. We touched on this uh, early in the show, Dan. I mean, it was just, uh, I believe it was this week that we saw the Reds uh, and the Cubs put 25 runs on the board, 20 to 5. The Reds beat the Cubs earlier today, 13 to 7 in the front half of a doubleheader. Washington beats Colorado. And, and we got out to the beginning of the year where nobody could score a run. And they were talking about the dead ball. And now it seems like just in the last 10 days or so, you can't stop anybody from scoring. So has something changed with the ball? Is it simply that the weather is getting warmer or, or is it just a regression to the mean? What, what is your explanation for the outpour of scoring that we've seen just in, you know, the last week or so? Well, Brady, I'm a big cigar guy, so I, I consider myself a humidor expert. Maybe the humidors are broken. <laughs> Maybe they finally turned the odd button on that humidor. It's amazing because I'm someone, and I don't know if you're the, the same way. I don't like taking unders. It's not the, my nature. I don't want to cheer against points. I barely do it in football. I, I, I do it, obviously, more in baseball because, obviously, you look at weather and wind and that kind of stuff and, obviously, pitching matchups. But I got to tell you, I, I cannot. I've never remembered in my life taking so many overs and having, let's say the, the total was seven and they scored two runs or the total was eight. And they scored three runs. It was like over and over and over again. These games were going under, but now, as you mentioned, I think part of it is the weather warming up. Part of it is pitchers, you know, in division matchups, seeing teams two or three times now. And obviously a lot of these hitters with the, the it wasn't that sh uh, much shorter, but maybe the week less or so of spring training catching up a little bit. But I do believe that a lot of it's these, these hitters these days, Brady, I was at Miguel Cabrera's 3000 hit game. We might never see that again. We Maybe 20, 30 years away from the next 3,000. Maybe it's Juan Soto in 15 years. But no one's going for hits anymore. They're going for power, and they're going for home runs. And a lot of times, you're just having really simple one, two, three innings, three fly ball outs or a couple strikeouts, and that, that leads into there not being a lot of runs manufactured as there have been in the past. So I think it's all you know part of a little bit of each of that, and maybe the humidor is not being turned on. But I do believe as the weather warms up, and we've seen, we talked about it earlier, we've seen some of these, you know, totals come out, you know, eight and a half, nine and a half, nine, uh, nine, something like that, a lot higher than they've been in the past. I think that they're kind of coming up to the mean, as you mentioned, in a way. But I still, it's still very, uh, you know, nerve wracking to try to take it over and then see the over be eight and a half and they score two runs in the entire game. So I'm still, I'm still looking for valuable overs, but I definitely, I took a couple of unders today and so far one's in. 
The Philadelphia Phillies finally get out of the sixth inning. They are now batting in the top of the seventh, now trailing by five runs, seven to two in favor of the New York Mets in that National League East battle. Gross. If you look at the 17 games on the schedule for today, of course, we had a couple of double headers. 13 of the 17 games on the board, they all had totals set uh, higher than seven or seven and a half. So there clearly has been a, a change here. It seems like early in the season, all the totals were six and a half in a range. I mean, the highest total yeah. it seemed we saw was like eight. Now, 13 of the 17 games today were higher than seven and a half. So the, the yeah. odds makers have obviously adjusted. Yeah, you would see a lot of like the first month or so of the season, Brady, you'd see a lot of seven and a half that maybe went to eight or, you know, six and a half that went to seven or seven that went to seven and a half. But now we're getting lines that are starting at seven and a half that are starting at eight that are starting eight and a half. We had a nine and a half earlier, uh, I believe, in that Red Sox game. So that's definitely a lot different than it was the first couple months of the season. All right. When we come back, we've got a couple more baseball games to take a look at in the seven o'clock Pacific hour. Two more final games for your Saturday night. Dan Leach and Brady Cannon with you inside the VSIN Bet Center. Stick around. We'll be right back on the Sports Betting Network. is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of the VSN Bet Center is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. If you've been looking for the right opportunity to switch up your nicotine, well, now there's a 10 day challenge to give you a fresh start helping you to walk away from ashtrays, spit cups, and vapes. It's called the Zen 10 Challenge. Zen nicotine pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free nicotine alternative, and they're available in 10 varieties and two strengths. The Zen 10 Challenge is a risk-free way to try Zen nicotine pouches. If you don't enjoy your experience with Zen after 10 days, you'll get your money back. So head on over to Zen.com slash 10 to take the Zen 10 Challenge. That's Z-Y-N.com slash 10. Welcome back into the Bet Center indeed. Brady Cannon and Dan Leach with you. And Dan, you are indeed looking like a prophet. Three to nothing now. The New York Rangers lead the Carolina Hurricanes fairly early into the second period. You talked about New York forcing a game seven. You also said you were leaning towards over the total. And right now you're on pace for both. Just call me Nostradamus. I mean, it's the least I can do working with you, Brady, because you're a true genius yourself. Uh, listen, I know we, uh, you know, we talked about this earlier, and I, I, I still, it's a long way to go, but there's just something about this Rangers team. I like them to win tonight. I like them to win Game Seven, even though Carolina probably, you know, overall the better team. And I think that they have a chance if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals to beat this Lightning team that's going for back to back to back. And you know, we'll see who gets out of the West. I, I know that it's going to be very tough for Edmonton to win that series. But if you look at the Rangers and they get to the Stanley Cup Finals and the ability they have to play so this will be the sixth straight home win for them and to have a bunch of games, you know, under their belt, whether it's seven, eight, nine, maybe home wins in a row leading into the Stanley Cup Finals. I just feel good about this Rangers team. And, uh, you know, Shesterkin, the goaltender, has been excellent. Uh, you know, you got guys like Panarin. You got a good defense. They're well coached. I mean, we talked about Gohan, my former uh, Detroit Red Wing and the former coach of the Vegas Knights took them uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year of existence. I, I, I'm all in on this Rangers team and hopefully it keeps going. But we know, Brady, a game seven, anything can happen. 
the, the Hurricanes will definitely be favored, so I'll be I'll be taking the Rangers for sure, plus the whatever, maybe plus the 120 or 130, whatever they end up being. But home ice advantage in a Game 7 isn't what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's definitely doable, and the Rangers are the perfect makeup of a team, I believe, to win a Game 7 on the road. Well, I'll tell you what, the side is still undecided as Carolina lights the lamp. Now 14 and a half minutes left in this game, and it is 3-1. to one. But the over the total looks pretty good if you yes. played over 5.5 goals right now as we currently have have four on the board and still more than half this hockey game left to be played again 1430 left in the second period there in New York the Rangers minus 800 in the live market on the money line five to one the take back on the Carolina Hurricanes and uh, some guy was celebrating there I thought you just scored again but three to one is the score in favor of the New York Rangers uh, just over 14 minutes left in the second period there in the garden we've got more baseball coming up in the following hour the final two tilts on the Major League Baseball card for your Saturday. It'll be the Pirates and the Padres at Petco Park. And the Padres opened up as big money line favorites here, minus 240 with a total of seven. It'll be Joe Musgrove hosting JT Brubaker and a big pitching matchup if you just look at the records here. Musgrove at 5-0 and on the season. Brubaker at 0-4. The Pirates have lost seven of their last ten games. The Padres have won seven out of their last 10 the Padres 13 games above 500 now and they trail the Dodgers in the National League West by just two games now apparently the Pittsburgh Pirates have seen a little money here as the Padres are currently trading as about minus 220 favorites the total has not changed that is still at seven you know, I tell you what, Dan, uh, you and I, I both, I imagine, are not a couple of people that are, you know, running to the window to bet minus 240 favorites, but I could not go the other way and take Pittsburgh either. No, but I got I got a solution for you. And by the way, Brubaker's going to need some brewskis after this one. He's going to move to 0-5. And, and by the way, I will say this. I did kind of, I don't want to say against the grain, but missing Tatis Jr. is a big deal. I did, the Padres were my World Series pick, and I got them at a nice price before the season. I feel good about where they're at right now. Hopefully Tatis Jr. can come back and, and really uh, contribute to the team and be healthy. But this is what you do in this game. And I actually really like it because Brubaker has been so bad and the Pirates stink. Uh, I don't know how they've gotten to 18 wins. They had some nice wins earlier in the season. I'm I'm laying the 104 and taking the run line. I think the Padres win this game seven to one, seven to two, something like that. Lay the one and a half minus 104. I've already made the bet. Let's uh cat. Let's squatch those tickets if we can. You know, I just am a player that I I do not to make I do not like to make plays on the runs line, and you know it, it's just something that's that's stuck with me. It's like. It's like when you bet a head-to-head golf matchup. Do you want to lay a stroke and a half? No, no, just just win the match for me, please. Sure. You know, so I, I hear you, and I had a feeling you were going that direction, and oftentimes it makes a ton of sense. Um, but I'm going to stay away from this game. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, back to your futures play on the Padres to win the World Series. I think they've been a popular selection for a couple, three years in a row now with all the talent they've added there in San Diego is really atypical for this organization. For so many years, they were just a, you know, did not spend any money at all. Now they've started to bring in some really good players into San Diego, and it's been great for their fans there at Petco Park. But I think one of the biggest additions that they have this year, Dan, and of course you and I have talked about the fact that I grew up in the Bay Area. I paid a lot of attention to the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland A's. I think Bob Melvin is a great manager, and I think he's a huge boost for this Padres club. 
No, he is. And, and, and listen, he's the, exactly what you need when you've got young players, you know, when you've got the Machados and you've got the Profars and you've got the Tatis Juniors and the staff they have as well. He's a very even keel guy. He's a good strategist. And as you mentioned, knowing what he's done out of the Bay Area, uh, it's such a respected guy. And from what I see, I mean, obviously I'm not out in San Diego, but I do have some friends that cover the team. And there's a high respect level for Bob Melvin out of that clubhouse. And that, unfortunately is a downfall for a lot of teams when there isn't that connection in the in the clubhouse sometimes when you've got a lot of talent. It seems to be the opposite in San Diego. Yeah, they're missing one of the best players in recent baseball history, but they're still 13 over, you know, 500 in a very good NLS division. And Manny Machado's batting almost 360 right now. He's driven in 27. Uh, you know, he's basically leading the team in all offensive categories. And I like what Profar has been able to do. I mean, I love this team. I got them around 20 to 1, another 17 to 1 right now to win the World Series. Those odds are going to keep going down. Down, especially if the T.S. Jr. comes back and is playing well. So, yeah, I, I think this Padres team is going to win a World Series in the next couple of years. Hopefully it's this year because I got the money on the futures. The New York Rangers might be winning a Stanley Cup here, according to Mr. Dan Leach. They're looking like they're headed for a seventh game anyway as they light the lamp once again. You've got just 13 minutes left in the second period, and it's already 4-1. to one. If you're on the over in this game, you are looking awful good. You remember, Dan, we were talking about the Rangers scoring a couple of goals in the first 10 minutes, and this total yeah. shot up to 6.5 in the in-game market. Your in-game total is now at 8 I mean, with this every That's game insanity. in this series, we seen it really that forever is. in this series. Right, every single game has gone under the total, which has been set, I believe, at five and a half in each game. And yeah. uh, now the in-game price, as far as the total, is eight, and it's minus one ten either way. Uh, all kinds of fireworks on the ice here in Madison Square Garden. Again, thirteen minutes left in the second period. The Rangers up four to one on the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, the final game on the Major League Baseball card for your Saturday night will go down in the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Mariners hosting the Houston Astros, and the Astros opened as minus one thirty favorites. The Mariners at plus one ten underdogs. Jose Urquidy against Logan Gilbert, and I thought it was uh, a little bit surprising to see. Gilbert as a solid underdog here, but yeah. they have taken the money and to his credit, your has been excellent this year as well. He's at four and one on the campaign. Gilbert counters with a four and two record. So I can understand Houston being made the favorite here. I mean, the Mariners, while as good as Gilbert has been, the Mariners have been awful, especially recently. Uh, but the money has been coming in on Logan Gilbert. Your current number is Astros minus 115 on the money line. Your total at seven and a half. Yeah, Brady, this is what I call a gross parade game. And, and obviously, I can make a case for both teams, but I, I don't want to trust Seattle, just a 19-win team. You know, the Astros obviously clearly better. But this is a vintage game where it looks like Seattle, and obviously, as you mentioned, Gilbert's been fantastic. 4-2 with a 2-6-0 ERA. And Urquidy's been fine as well. He's 4-1 with a 4-2-4 ERA. This is just one of those games where it seems like it's going to be low scoring. Seattle is going to win at like 3-2 or, you know, uh, you know 2-1. And I just, I don't have a beat on this. I'm going to stay away. I mean, the value does seem with the homestanding Gilbert of the Mariners catching a little positive money value. But I, I just, I don't like this game at all. It's, it's a stay away for me tonight, late night in Seattle. Yeah, you know, I hope you're right there uh, at three to two. And I agree with you. It does feel like a low scoring game that maybe Seattle can just scratch out. And I hope you're correct because I did take plus 110 with Logan Gilbert and the Seattle Mariners. The New York Rangers still up on the Carolina Hurricanes, four to one. We have had, let me see here. We have had 
three goals in the second period alone, and we aren't even halfway through the second period. It was two to nothing after one in favor of the Rangers. Still 11 minutes left in the second period, just about the halfway mark, and we've had three goals in the second period alone. Now four to one, Rangers on top, and they are minus 10,000 on the money line in the live market to knock off the Carolina Hurricanes and go back to Raleigh for game seven. And Mr. Leach, you're thinking they can win that one too and advance to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll come back and discuss that a little bit more, the future of the Eastern Conference playoffs here. Dan Leach and Brady Cannon with you inside the VSIN Bet Center. Stick around. We'll be back for the final segment right here on the Sports Betting Network. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and the bets are moving for every game, and it's now updated every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all of the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Brady Cannon and Dan Leach with you. We pass the baton here shortly to Mr. Greg Peterson. He'll take you the rest of the way for the Greg Peterson experience here on the Sports Betting Network. And a baseball update for you. Dodgers up on the Diamondbacks 3-2, to two, and they are batting in the top of the seventh inning. The Cubs lead the White Sox 5-1, to one, bottom of the seventh inning there on the south side in the Battle of the Windy City. The New York Mets batting in the bottom of the seventh, and they are leading the Phillies 7-2. to two. Some finals from earlier, the Colorado Rockies get past the Washington Nationals 3-2. to two. They get the second half of that doubleheader. The Baltimore Orioles get past the Red Sox 4-1. to one. They also split that doubleheader with Boston at Fenway. And coming up shortly in about a half an hour from now, you've got the Toronto Blue Jays visiting the Angels. And then about 40 minutes from now, a couple of games we just previewed, the San Diego Padres hosting the Pirates and the Houston Astros in the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Mariners. And a lot of goals being scored at at the Garden. Still not out of way or still not finished with the second period. About eight minutes to go in the second period and the New York Rangers in control right now. Four to one and your in-game total is all the way to eight. Every game in this series had gone under the total. The total opened at five and a half in this game and was seriously juiced to the under at minus 145. Right now your in-game total is at eight. It is heavily juiced to the under at minus 140, but the Rangers a very heavy favorite to close this out and get to game seven at minus 10,000 on the money line. That's it? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just, during the break here, I just went and laid 10,000 to win 100 uh, over here at Circuit. That's funny. I laid a dollar to win a penny. (laughs) Um, Let's talk for just a moment. I want to get into some basketball because, of course, tomorrow night we have a game seven. No better two words in sports than game seven. And I want to get into that in just a minute. But talk to me. Looks like we're going to have another game seven here, Dan, between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers if this holds up uh, for the Rangers who have won now five playoff series games in a row at home. This would make it six. It looks like we're headed to game seven. And again, the home team has won every game in this series. Uh, Carolina is probably going to be a short favorite, just like the Rangers were tonight. 
They were it opened minus one ten either way. They went to minus one twenty, closed about minus one twenty five. I don't know if it'll get all the way there for Carolina because there's probably going to be some love from for New York coming off of what looks to be like a, a pretty impressive victory. Uh, but let's say Carolina is maybe minus one fifteen, maybe as high as one twenty. Uh, where's your head for Game Seven back in Raleigh? By the way, quick favor. I don't ask for much. Can you just uh, no more runs in that Cubs White Sox game? Thanks a lot. I want more <laughs> goals in the Rangers game, but no more runs in Cubs White Sox. I have the honor in that one. Uh, listen, my my heart and and head are both. Which when they're both aligned, it's normally a good thing uh, with the Rangers. And, and I think that as you mentioned, hey, there's your over sh- in the hockey game. Four to two. What? Four to there two. Carolina hey, lights the it. lamp. Goes right, over I, five I, and a half. And I tell you, th- this is not over. I mean, we're getting ready to talk about Game Seven. It is over, technically, but it's not finished. <laughs> Should we say that? Um, they have cut this lead in half. Uh, we're back to just a two-goal game. Very interesting. It, it, I mean, heck, Dan, if this thing goes to overtime, what a game. Yeah, it's not over until it's over over there, the old World War II theme. I'll tell you this. I, I you know Normally, a two-goal lead is the most dangerous in hockey. I guess tonight it's a three-goal lead because both times the Rangers were up by three. You know, Carolina scored the next goal. But I'll, I'll tell you this. It, it, time is running out. And if the Rangers score next again and go up three goals with a period or less to go, I mean, if Carolina comes back, you know, hats off to them. I'll I'll rip up my ticket and eat it or put it burn on fire or whatever. But I just think that the Rangers were not just the right side in this game, but they're going to get to that game seven. have a great chance of winning it. And let's say, let's just, you know, use the, the thought that the Rangers win. They hang on and they get to a game seven. And as you kind of laid out there, we'll – Carolina B minus 130. Will they be minus 135? Will they be minus 120? They're going to be, a, I would say, a slight favorite, uh, you know, being on home ice in game number seven. And the other thing that you got to look at is, as we mentioned tonight, you saw a lot of Rangers money come in late. I had a minus 110. Uh, and, you know, the, I think, what did it close? 140, 130, something like that. So you look at game number seven, you might see the Rangers plus 115 or something like that. And a bunch of sharp money comes in and gets that closer to even money or so. I don't think it matters because I would take the Rangers even money. I don't care as long as you're not laying money on New York on the road in a game number seven. I, I, I gave all the, the reasoning throughout the show on why I like them to win this game. I gave the reasoning on why I like them to win and, and get to a, an Easter Conference Finals. And if they do, they are definitely, you know, they have a, a better than, than good chance of slowing down this Tampa Bay Lightning juggernaut that I was wrong about against Florida that's going for back-to-back-to-back titles that no longer has Stevie Y, who's our GM here in Detroit with the Red Wings, but just continue to find ways to win and win and win and win and win, whether it's COVID or bubbles or whatever, no travel to Canada. And uh, that would be a hell of a series, no matter who they play, whether it's Tampa Carolina or Tampa Rangers, it's going to be a great rough-and-tumble series, as we've seen through, as you mentioned, Brady, just a great NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. But to me, the Raiders, you know, Shesterkin and goal, having guys like Panarin, so well-coached by Gallant, if they can get to the Easter Conference Finals, they have a great chance to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I don't care if it's Edmonton or Colorado. I'll take them to win that series. About six minutes left in the second period. The Carolina Hurricanes are on a power play. About a minute left on the power play. And they are currently trailing the Rangers 4-2. to two. And it wasn't long ago that the Rangers were minus 10,000 in the live market. They're down to a measly minus 1,600 now. You can get the uh, Carolina Hurricanes at a little better than 7-1 to one to win this game. 
game. I, I think you could be on to something. The team that scores the next goal could win this hockey game, whether yeah. that's Carolina or the New York Rangers. Let's talk about another game seven. It ought to be brilliant there in Miami with the Miami Heat hosting the Boston Celtics. And this has been another very interesting playoff series. Hasn't been all that pretty. Hasn't been a lot of great ball games to watch. No. And we've said that really about the NBA playoffs in general. A lot of blowouts, not a lot of thrilling finishes. Uh, it was pretty thrilling last night in Boston with Jimmy Butler going for 47 points. Just a heroic performance, staving off elimination, really carrying his team team to that victory and Eric Spolster's club they're two and one in this series on the road they're one and two at home and here they you know the disrespect card continues to be played uh the heat are not getting any of it they are underdogs here at home two and a half point underdogs to the Boston Celtics in a game seven finale the total has been bet down it opened up at 197 and a half and now the consensus number is 195 and a half where are you on game seven to decide who's going to face the Golden State Warriors in the NBA finals yeah, Brady, the old adage is that, you know, a playoff series doesn't really start until a team wins on the road. Well, in this sense, I mean, obviously both teams have won on the road, but maybe it's the Miami Heat winning at home in a game seven, and then the series obviously will be over, but it really gets started too, if you know what I'm saying. To me, this Heat team is so, they've been so disrespected. Much of the season, the one seed in the East, everyone's talking about Milwaukee. Everyone's talking about Philadelphia. I picked Philadelphia to go to the NBA Finals as well. Uh, you know, this is, and obviously people talking about Boston. Is, you know, I have a lot of friends that actually had futures bets on Boston going back to like January. To me, after the Butler doing it in game number six, and obviously needing a little more in a game number seven from an Adebayo or Struess or some others, uh, you know, this this Miami team has the momentum. I mean, Boston is definitely the better team. It's no secret when you got Tatum and Brown and whatever, you know, Horford and Smart have been able to do when they've been healthy and in the lineup. Uh, you had, as you mentioned, some very odd, you know, blowout-type games, low-scoring games. But after what Butler did in game number six on the road, they come home. We know Miami can be much, much like the Lakers fans, a fair-weather town. They'll be out there. You know, Gloria, Stefan, everyone else will be out there for game number seven. Maybe the whole Miami Sound Machine will be there, too. I'm going back to, like, the 80s on that one. But I, I like the heat. I like the heat at home plus the two and a half. I like the heat at home. That's actually, I'm seeing minus 108 at Bet Rivers and then plus 116 or so on the money line. I'm staying away from the total. I do believe like the last game it will probably go over. But the play for me is Miami, Miami, Miami. Like they extend this series, or sorry, win this series by extending into game six and getting the game seven win. And they will play the Golden State Warriors for the NBA title. Dan, I want to ask you real quick. You mentioned some of your friends have futures tickets on the Boston Celtics. I currently have a futures ticket on the Golden State Warriors that I bet before the season started at 11 to 1. Uh, and there's been a lot of conversation lately about hedging your bets. And yeah. it is courtesy of a friend of mine, uh, Rufus Peabody, who had uh, Mito Pereira to win the PGA Championship at 300 to 1. And he <laughs> chose to not hedge. I'm kind of thinking that I will hedge my bet if the Warriors end up playing the Celtics and I might let it ride if they end up facing the Heat. What way would you go? What way would you treat it if you were sitting there with my ticket? I'm with you 100%. I think you always have to consider hedging. I wish that guy would have hedged with Pereira. I ended up catching out Will Zalatoris in the playoff last week, so I got something after the first playoff holding take a lead. The Warriors was such a smart ticket by you earlier in the year before they started getting everything together. But if they play the Celtics, hedge. If they play the Heat, do not hedge. I am 1,000% with you on that because I don't think Miami can beat them. Boston could, but the Warriors are going to win the title. 
Well, I hope you're right. And uh, maybe that means I should just sit back and, and watch. But I think the Celtics have a real shot to possibly knock off the Warriors. We'll see if they can get there. Game seven coming up on Sunday. Final segment next right here on the VEASAN Bet Center. is Bet Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 years and over only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. Final segment of the VSIN Bet Center, and we pass the baton here shortly to our friend Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson Experience. He'll keep you updated on Game 6 at Madison Square Garden between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. The Rangers were just able to kill another penalty. That is the second one. I'm pretty sure Carolina has had two power plays in this period that have both been killed off by the Rangers, and we will head to the second intermission with the Rangers nursing a 4-2 to lead. Once again, a two-goal advantage that is the same way they ended the first period when it was two to nothing four goals scored in that second period now four to two in favor of the rangers the game has already gone over the original total of five and a half the first game of this series to go over the total and now your in-game price is eight as far as your total is concerned and it is still juiced to the over minus 130 if you want to go over eight goals in this game six and dan in the last segment we were talking about hedging uh famously our friend uh rufus peabody it's been on Twitter, and he was even in the studio earlier this week a couple times with our friend Gil Alexander talking about a very interesting situation he had last weekend at the PGA Championship. He had made a bet uh, a while back before Mito Pereira really kind of came to the forefront, and a lot of people knew about him, to win the PGA Championship at 300-1. to 1. I believe his closing odds were in the neighborhood of maybe 100, maybe even 80, because he got hit pretty good, and, and he's yeah. been bet a lot uh, you know, as a golf better, Mito Pereira has become a, a popular choice here. And obviously I've had him a couple times in the last few months. There you go. Obviously a tremendous player with what he did uh, all the way until the 72nd hole at the PGA Championship. But uh, Rufus was, you know, asked about, you know, did you hedge? He, he had bet a, a lot of money. He had a chance to win $150,000. And and I, at first, not knowing the entire situation, and, and you know as a golf better, Golf is extremely difficult to hedge because very rarely do you have a guaranteed profit situation. You go back to the uh, British Open uh, a while back when Henrik Stenson and Phil Mickelson were so far out in front of the field. Oddly enough, Rufus and I were both on Henrik Stenson for that tournament and cashed that ticket. But, you know, that was a situation where you could have hedged because no one was going to beat, no one was going to catch Phil or Stenson, but it is very rare that you get that type of situation. So I was kind of confused why people were asking if he if he had hedged. Then I found out at Circa Sports, which is a tremendous offering, you have yes, no. So he could have bet Mito Pereira that day. No, he wasn't going to win the PGA Championship and hedged it in that manner. And I can't remember the exact price. Uh, for some reason, I want to say minus 170 was the no. 
and Rufus just felt that it was too expensive, and so he was going to sit on it and let it ride. And you know what? He it, it was looking really good for a long, long time. And then Pereira, of course, as we know, didn't even make it into the playoff. You and I had an opportunity to hedge with uh, yeah. tickets on Will Zalatoris. I, I didn't know if I was even going to make it into a playoff and uh, was quite excited that I did. Um, and I had an opportunity to possibly, you know, bet uh, Justin Thomas there live. He was about minus 130, if I recall. I ended up just not doing that. I already had Will Zalatoris for a top 10 finish. He was locked into that, and that was going to be a nice profit. So so I sat back and, and watched, and of course, the outright did not turn out, but you know, it's just an interesting situation, the hedging, and now I now I turn it to my futures ticket on the Golden State Warriors. Um, you mentioned you think the Warriors are going to win it all. Maybe I should just sit back and watch this one too, but the Celtics would make me a little bit more nervous than the Heat would. No, they would. And by the way, Rufus Peabody, great guy. I still think it's a made-up name, though. It's just a perfect name, <laughs> Rufus Peabody. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the Warriors are going to win, Brady, but, you know, you brought this up in the last segment, and, I, and I'm 100% with you on this. If they play Miami, and this, I'm almost going against what I've been saying the whole show. Why I think Miami's yeah, going to you, win. Yeah, you seven. and I are both doing that. We we yeah, kind of like Miami for Game Seven. You know, we feel they've been disrespected, but we right. also at the same time kind of both know the Celtics are probably the better team. Yes, and I don't I don't think that Miami, even with like magical games by Jimmy Butler, he's not going to have a magical game every game like he did in Game Number Six to keep the Heat season alive. I just think that Boston's a much better team. You've got so many more weapons. Obviously, they've got a much more unproven coach, but you've got, you know, you've got this just incredible lineup with the Horfords and the Smarts and obviously Brown and Tatum. So while I think the Warriors beat either team probably in six games, I mean, heck, they could beat Miami in five games. The Heat, if they win game number seven, like I believe they're going to, and I know you're with me on that, all they've done has been disrespected all season long. No one's going to give them a chance. I'm not going to go back to my Pistons in 04 when the Lakers were like a crazy huge favorite. And Detroit, obviously, the go-to-work Pistons with Rasheed Wallace and Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups got the job done. That was a, a huge upset. But this would be a pretty darn big upset because the Warriors are playing so good and they can beat you in so many different ways. And, you know, Steve Kerr with the emotion of that viral presser after the terrible shooting in Texas. And everything seems just to be bringing this Warriors team together. They know what to do. They're going to be resting for several more days uh, until the final start next week. And if they play Boston, I would consider hedging. If they play Miami, I would keep your ticket. But like you said, Brady, maybe you just hold it regardless because you're not going to get, what is it, the Celtics plus 275, Heat plus 550, like that it's not like you're getting seven or eight to one that's that's what you really have to consider hedging uh if it's the you know in the heat we're getting eight or nine to one but i just think that there's just no way i can see the warriors losing the nba finals they're too good well if you just look at the prices i think the warriors if you look at potential nba finals matchups i think the warriors are about minus 130 maybe minus 135 over the celtics so not a massive favorite the warriors by the way will have home court advantage over either opponent right whoever emerges yeah, it's absolutely huge, uh, and it's kind of might be kind of confusing for people because you say, "Hey, Miami was the number one seed." I, I believe they both ended the regular season with the exact same record, and then you go to the head-to-head matchups. Golden State actually was two and zero against yep. the Heat this year in the regular season, so that's what gives them the home court advantage against Miami. They had yeah, they were better- both fifty-three and twenty-nine. Same record. Okay, very good. Uh, They ended up with a better record over Boston, who I believe came in as a fourth seed in the playoffs. So they would, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out.
figure out they would have home court advantage over them. But uh, you had to go to a couple tiebreaker situations to see that they will also have that home court advantage over the Miami Heat. So anyway, I, I believe about minus 130 or so uh, if it's going to be Boston, but a pretty darn big favorite in the neighborhood of minus 250 or so if it's Miami. And, and just that right there, I think, is enough to tell me, hey, I'm going to play it safe with Boston, but I'll go ahead and let it ride with the Heat. Yeah, what are you, what were you able to get? Because you said you took this uh, before the season started. Right? I got eleven to one, and which is incredible, Brady. I'm very impressed with that. <laughs> well, I was I was looking around for probably a good month or two before the season started, and it was pretty much I didn't even really see many tens. I think for the most part it was eight or nine, and then yeah. all of a sudden I That's saw what I got it at. There you go, and then all of a sudden I saw eleven, just maybe a couple days before the season started. Uh, so I went and grabbed that and, um, you know, here we are. And I was looking good for a long time. And then, you know, how it went in the second half of the regular season, Draymond Green got hurt. Steph Curry got hurt. It took a while and maybe he's still not there. I don't think Clay Thompson is still to where he was uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, and that's another topic that that people have talked about. Is this Warriors team as good as they were with Durant and before and whatever? No, I don't think so. But I'll tell you what, they might be next year. We talked about it with Dieter Kurtenbach. This young core of players that they have is that that is right now giving the Warriors an incredible amount of depth. Um, boy, they, they could be even better next year, Dan. Yeah, can we just for a second just have a quick laugh if the Nets were the favorite to win the NBA title? <laughs> Bunch of clowns. <laughs> I never would have touched the Nets with an 80 Good work, ball. my friend. Yeah, I, I'm you. right there with you. Uh, and they were still, even when they were like the eight seed, they were still like the favorites. To win I know. The East. I, to, I couldn't believe it. It's the dumbest thing. I, what a terrible team. But um, I, I look at this Warriors team, as you mentioned, this year. Yeah, yeah, they're not as good as they were with the vintage teams with Durant and, and when obviously Klay Thompson wasn't hurt. But when you look at, you know, Kaminga, when you look at Jordan Poole, when you look at what they're going to be, you know, going forward, they not only could be, they I think they will be better next year. And we might be starting, I mean, the Warriors, I think they were dead. But as far as co- competing at the highest level like they are this year and having a chance to win multiple titles, I thought that might be gone. Maybe they win once every three or four years as long as Steph and Clay and others are still there. This team could go on a 3 pp I mean, they could do what my Pistons never got a chance to do because they should be better next year. And Steve Kerr is such a great coach. And what, to see what they've been able to do this year has been nothing short of amazing. I love that you got them at 11-1. to 1. I, I mean, 8-1 to 1 I felt fine about. But I still thought that was more of a hedge bet for me because I didn't think they were going to win it. And now the Warriors, the odds-on favorite. So let, let's catch that ticket for you. And maybe you can just sit and not have to hedge anything. Well, yeah, that would be nice, and I'm rooting for the Miami Heat. They've been the underdog, the disrespected one all season. I'd like to see him get to the NBA final for what? The second time in about three or four years? Second, second. Bubble first time, and now a couple years later. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Great working with you. Enjoy the golf tournament. Let's cash uh, either Harold Varner or Chris Kirk. Next up, it is Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson Experience right here at v the Sports Betting Network. 